Welcome, 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 geeks and nerds, girls and boys, to another all-new edition of geek to me Radio. Today we are talking movies with Jeff Anison, co-founder of Legion M. We'll talk all about Mandy coming out on September 13th. We'll then be joined by Robert Duback talking about his new show, Book of Moron, and more. Stand by. you're driving around the greater St. Louis area right now, hearing this on 105.3 FM or 1380 AM, thank you very much for tuning in. If you're hearing us out there in the world via the World Wide Web, streaming us on your iPad or tablet, thank you very much for finding us there. And of course, if you're hearing us after the fact in the podcast form on Google Play, SoundCloud, iTunes, or Podomatic, we appreciate your subscribing and listening there each week. This segment brought to you by Marcus Theaters. We will tell you more about our fine sponsors at Marcus Theaters shortly in the broadcast. We want to get right to our first guest. We've had him on the air with us before, the co-founder and president of Legion M, Mr. Jeff Anderson. Jeff, thank you very much for being on air with us. Hey, thanks so much for having me back, James. Anytime, anytime. Uh, we've talked to both you and Paul before. Uh, I think, actually, Legion M was my very, very first guest of my very, very first broadcast a uh, little over two years ago. Since then, we've had you on to talk about the Stanley imprint ceremony uh, that I was fortunate enough to be able to go out to L.A. to attend. We've had you come on to talk about Bad Samaritan. We even had Dean Devlin on. And now we're talking about Mandy starring Nicolas Cage. You guys are on fire. <laughs> yeah, wow. It's, uh, I, I, um, uh, I didn't realize that, uh, that we started like almost together. If it was two years ago, yeah. you know, that was about when we started. So it's like we... We share a birthday. That's right. We're growing up together. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but uh, with with what you guys have accomplished in just such a short amount of time, I know you just closed your third round of investing. Um, evidently, I'm only going in on the odd numbers. I jumped on the first one and I did the third one, so I'm waiting for the fifth, I guess. Um, but <laughs> it, it's so exciting kind of like what you guys are in the World Series. Exactly. Exactly right. That's right. But it's just so exciting what you guys uh, were able to do, which is why I had you on for my first broadcast because I jumped into the first round. Uh, it's a fan-owned film company. Just uh, the the mission statement you guys had immediately excited me. So for people who have maybe not heard uh, before one of the previous installments when you guys were on, tell people a little bit about Legion M. Yeah, well, we're like you said, we're a fan-owned company. It's kind of like uh, all the biggest. Uh, 
movie fans in the world and entertainment fans pooled their money and said, let's create an entertainment company of our own. And uh, we're taking advantage of some brand new laws uh, that just went into effect about two years ago that made this idea possible for the first time. And we're the first entertainment company that has been built from the ground up, literally from day one, uh, designed to be owned by fans. And with the movies you guys have already gotten behind, Colossal was the first big one. Jason Sudeikis and Anne Hathaway, I've got that on Blu-ray. I still need to go out and find a copy of uh, Bad Samaritan, which was just uh, just this past spring with David Tennant and Robert Sheehan, which was a uh, nail-biter. Uh, and now you've got Mandy coming out, which I believe premiered at Sundance. Am I correct? It did. It did. Yeah. And we and we were there like it was uh, Mandy's a movie that we got involved with uh, relatively early in the process back, you know, when all we could see was a script and we saw something that we liked and we decided to get involved. And it's kind of funny because when you get involved, when you invest in a movie, you never know at the very beginning how it's going to turn out because everybody starts out wanting to make a great movie. Um, but by definition, only a small percentage of them actually are able to achieve greatness. So for us, we invested in the film, we invested in the, in the score with Johan Johansson, and then it got accepted to Sundance. And we were floored because that is, you know, it's like getting into Harvard. <laughs> Statistically, right. I think it's harder uh, to get into Harvard, but or sorry, to get into Sundance than it is to get into Harvard. But it premiered there. We were there with the Legion M Lounge. It was open, you know, to Legion M members and investors. And the movie was incredibly well received. It was actually one of the best um, reviewed movies at Sundance this year. And then it went on to get to Cannes Film Festival, where it got a four minute standing ovation. And so it's very cool and very rewarding, you know, for us and for all of the Legion M investors like you, that this was something that we've been in on uh, from day one. So when you guys, you talked about investing in the movie, uh, you get to see the script and everything like that. What all do you guys look for? Because you've like, I loved uh, Colossal. I loved uh, Bad Samaritan. I haven't seen Mandy yet, obviously coming out September 13th. If you're looking for that, you can check your local theater listings and see where you can find uh, Mandy coming out. What do you guys look for when you're browsing these scripts, deciding which one's a good investment? You know, it's a great question. Um, and there's there's kind of two aspects to it. You know, Hollywood is a combination of art and business. And so it's really kind of two different questions. On the business side, we're constantly seeking, um, you know, we've got an amazing advisory board, which includes people like Dean Devlin, who you mentioned earlier, who is, in case your listeners aren't aware, he's the guy that created Stargate and Independence yeah. Day with Will Smith and Leverage and the librarians and has literally generated billions of dollars of box office around the globe. And we've got about probably, I think it's close to 20 people on our advisory board that help us navigate the business side of it. Um, but when it comes to the art side of it, we're really looking for stuff. I mean, we heavily involve our legion in our decisions. Um, and it's not like, you know, we're taking votes on everything and, and, you know, we, we have this, this saying, you don't make great art by committee. So it's not, you know, where like we're voting on plot lines or that sort of stuff. Um, our feeling is you make great art by finding great artists and investing in them and then staying out of their way. And so uh, for this particular project, uh, this is a very unique movie. It's not a mainstream movie. Um, it's, 
it's it's a it's a midnight movie. In fact, we created a label called Legion Midnight specifically for films like this that are designed to kind of push the boundary a little bit and let creators innovate and get outside of the box in the way of you think of like a David Lynch or a yeah. uh, a Stanley Kubrick. Um, and so for us, like the opportunity to give help, give young emerging directors, the director of Panos Cosmetos, this is only a second film. He's already being compared by a lot of people to a, a Stanley Kubrick hmm. and the opportunity to let people like that get out and do something truly innovative, uh, I think is what resonated with us most on this one. And Nicholas Cage's attachment to this film, was that uh, how early or how late you guys get in? Like the, the cast is already set. Is that a, a factor for you guys in investing or is it kind of like, well, we love the script. We're going to go ahead and then it's a bonus to find out, wow, you guys have Nicholas Cage for this. Well, yeah, it's a great question, and it totally depends on the project. So sometimes we're getting in in the script stage, and we're literally going out and trying to find our Nicolas Cage and make them part of the package. Uh, in this case, he was already attached, and um, he is, I got to tell you, he is incredible in this film. And, you know, Nick, Nick Cage is, I've, I've found, you know, after going through this, is, is a little bit of a polarizing figure, and he's been in a lot of different movies that yeah. are kind of all over the map. But this role, I think, is perfect for him. And he, there is a scene, and, and it's not just my opinion. There are a number of the reviews. It's got a 97% Rotten Tomato critical score right now. Nice. And a number of the reviews have, have, have mentioned this. But there's a scene. I'm not going to spoil it. It's a solo scene with Nick Cage. It takes place in a bathroom. You will know it when you see it. But there's a scene in this movie that will go down in Nicolas Cage's reel of the greatest Nick Cage scenes of all time. He's, he's absolutely incredible. It's Nick Cage playing Nick Cage playing Nick Cage. If you can imagine <laughs> that, it's like three levels of Nick Cage inception. <laughs> that's pretty. That's, now, see, that's, that should make people want to go out and see it just on the basis of that description alone right there. But he's, <laughs> I've always found him to be, uh, obviously, every actor has their hit or miss movies, but I loved The Rock. I loved Face Off. I mean, he was a staple of 90s action movies for a while there, just uh, oh, yeah. all the ones he'd done. So I, I think having him, I would think, is a great asset, but I know there are people who like you said he's very polarizing so did you have any problems at all as far as uh any from the, either investors or people who were uh, producing it with you who were like well uh, hold on a minute no you know i mean i think that there's you know to conclusions and or people i should say make their own conclusions and you know we live in the internet age and there's no shortage of trolls and mm. you know people that are just you know uh being jerks for the sake of trying to pick a fight. Um, but uh, no, I, I mean, I think all in all, it's um, we know that we're never going to make a movie that pleases everybody because that's impossible. I mean, after all, sure. this is art. We're supposed to have different opinions and we're supposed to argue about, you know, this and that. And that's how we gain a deeper appreciation of it and understanding. And, and um, so our goal with our slate is to have something for everyone. So, you know, not all the same project, but um, I think there's plenty of people out there that are not going to want to go see this film because of the fact that it's dark and it's violent and it's weird in a Stanley Kubrick midnight movie sort of way. 
Um, and that's fine. Uh, you know, we've got plenty of other projects on the slate that are that are maybe more your speed. Uh, I think what's so interesting about this film, and especially because it's so well received, is that for the people that that watch the trailer, I, I think the trailer is like the double black diamond before a ski run. If you watch that trailer and you're like, this is my sort of movie, uh, I think that you are going to be very, very satisfied. At least that's what we've seen so far. And so that's that's the best advice I can give you. Perfect. Uh, we need to take a quick break. Are you okay to stick with us for one more segment, sir? Absolutely. All right. We're going to take our first break. We'll come right back talking with Jeff Anison, co-founder and president of Legion M, right after this. Stand by. Hi, this is Dean Devlin, director of Bad Samaritan, and you are listening to geek to me Radio. We are back. As I mentioned before, I want to thank our sponsor, MarcusTheaters.com. That's their website. You can go on there to check out all the latest movies, locations in 11 different states. You can check out if, you, if you're in the Illinois, Iowa, Minnesota, Missouri, Nebraska, North Dakota, Ohio, or Wisconsin areas. There's a Marcus Theater probably pretty close to you. If you're going to go see a movie, see it at a Marcus Theater. I know when we had our screening here of Bad Samaritan, you just heard Dean Devlin bringing us back from break, director of Bad Samaritan, starring David Tennant. We had it at a Marcus Theater out in the Chesterfield area, and I don't know if it was a combination of the movie or maybe just the great atmosphere that Marcus Theaters provides, but everyone there at our screening loved it. There was applause, a fantastic time to be had at a Marcus Theaters. If you're wanting to go check out some horror movies, because we are now in the fall season, you can check out October Fright Night's retro series. They're showing The Shining, Candyman, the original It and The Exorcist, all for just $5 admission. That's October 7th through the 27th. You can check out the website to get more information on that. Maybe you're not a scary fan. Maybe you're more of a rom-com kind of guy. Well, that's okay, too, because rom-com, $5 admissions for Clueless, My Best Friend's Wedding, and, of course, in December, Love Actually. Go to MarcusTheaters.com, check out their website, buy gift cards, get your tickets right there on site, all from their convenient website, MarcusTheaters.com. As I did mention, we are talking with Jeff Anison, co-founder and president of Legion M, uh, who helped bring us Bad Samaritan. Dean Devlin's now on their advisory board. With, uh, with Bad Samaritan, Jeff, did you guys know you had such a jewel on your hands upon reading that script initially? Well, actually, with Bad Samaritan, we got involved after um, uh, pretty late in that. We just, you know, we met Dean... Uh, the film was actually completed, and, mm. and that was one where we had the luxury of being able to actually watch the film, recognize uh, what a great movie it was, and it, the, the opportunity to work with Dean uh, was just an absolute slam dunk. It made it a complete no-brainer for us. It's one of those things you really can't pass by when you've got someone with his track record. Uh, now he's got the new series Outpost on the CW, which is uh, – I've seen people – more and more people gravitating towards that series. So I'm glad to hear that as well. Yeah, it's great. I mean, you know, Dean's Dean's carving out, I think, a really, or I I should say filling, um, a very, you know, kind of cool niche. And it's, it's, his stuff is, is it's kind of like a family friendly game of Thrones, um, you know, uh, to, for lack of a better description. And yeah. I, we love Dean and, you know, I love the fact that there's projects like there out that like, like the outpost, which I think is, has been wonderful. 
So we were talking about the, the newest offering, Mandy. Uh, if you want to go to legionm.com, you can check out their website, by the way, and you can see all this stuff from the, these films we've talked about, including Mandy. Um, Mandy's coming out September 13th in select theaters. Do you guys already have another uh, movie project that you guys are either working on already or you've got your eyeballs on you can kind of tease us with a little? <laughs> uh, well, absolutely, yes. Uh, first of all, we, we've got a ton of stuff in our uh, in our mix. In fact, actually, we've got this, uh, this new thing that we launched recently called uh, Legion Impulse. And it's basically uh, every month or so we reach out to all of the members and investors in the Legion M community and we um, ask them about different projects. And it's asking us asking about the projects that are on our slate. It's asking about, you know, projects that are out there in the wild. Um, there's also, you know, a section where we've got a whole bunch of log lines and we ask people to help us rate and evaluate the log lines. And we do this, uh, I mean, it's really two reasons. One is we want to give our members and investors uh, a say in the direction of the company. And we think that that's important. But it's also a way for us to benefit from the wisdom of the crowd. And if you think about it, like most content decisions at most entertainment companies are done by a small group of individuals. And it's just based on their gut feel and they got to deal with all the politics and interpersonal relationships and all that sort of stuff, like how they make a decision. Um, and that's how projects get greenlit. And in our case, we've got this amazing resource, which is tens of thousands of some of the most passionate fans on the planet. And the ability to put stuff out there and get their feedback on it is, is really a differentiator for us. It's part of our superpower. So um, that's a really long way of saying that buried within that impulse and within those uh, that this is one of the many ways that we reach out to people are a lot of the projects that we're looking at. And so there's nothing more that I can talk about right now. As far as specifics, I can say that we're going to be making a big announcement at New York comic con uh, for a project that we're very excited about. And I can tell you that we've got a half dozen things that we're literally deciding on right now. And if you become a Legion M member, you go check out impulse um, you'll see most of them in there in one form or another. And talking about the investment process, you just had the third round sold out. Uh, congratulations on that, by the way. And thank you. Yeah, it was huge. It was it was way 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 oversold. Like you know, in a way that is really encouraging for us and and very exciting. And I noticed on the Legion M website again, legionm.com, there's the fourth round reservations that people can already click on to make sure they they get a spot in that. Um, with with people investing, though, I want to make sure people who are listening, it's not really, from my standpoint anyway, I didn't get involved in this thinking, oh, I'm going to make some money out of this. I'm a movie fan. I loved what you guys were doing. And from the people who I met, uh, fellow investors at the Stan Lee event in L.A., um, it seemed like that were, those were the other people who I'd met were people who were like-minded. We're not doing this to get rich. We love the movies. We love this idea. We love what Legion M is doing. Have you found, has there been any people who have invested thinking that they're going to flip some some stock or something like that and been disappointed? Or has everyone kind of been like jumped in and been along for the ride like me? Uh, it's a great question. And I think that there's all types. I mean, there are, are certainly people that, that are investing specifically for a financial return. You know, I mean, to give you an idea, 
the the lowest investment is a hundred dollars. Uh, the our biggest investor, and 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 by the way, that's the most common investment level. I think the average is about five hundred dollars. Our largest investor has put in hundreds of thousands of dollars. Hmm. And so there's there within that range, there are all different types. Um, I think that a lot of them are folks like you that are not focused on the financial return. But it's kind of ironic because we're an early stage startup company. And we're very careful to tell people that if you invest in Legion M, it's a high-risk investment. Most startup companies fail. That's as true for us as it was for Facebook when they started uh, and Walt Disney Studios and Google and Tesla and all that sort of stuff. And so, you know, it's not you, – you should only invest – if you're going to invest, you should only invest money that you feel comfortable losing. Um, and if you can't bear the thought of that, then you should, shouldn't invest or you should invest the level that you can bear losing. But the flip side to that is with high risk comes the potential for high reward. And because of what Legion M is, like we're not like you can go buy shares in Walt Disney Studios or Sony Pictures or something like that. But we are the first company ever that is designed specifically to be owned by fans from day one. And the fact that we have amongst our shareholders, people like you and all of these passionate fans, it's such a critical audience for Hollywood. It makes it extremely powerful. So the irony of it is, is that because there are so many people that are putting in a hundred bucks and they're not really caring about whether they make money or not, it actually dramatically increases the R chances giving you a financial return and actually helping you make money. And, you know, I've, our, our long-term goal is to unite 1 million fans as shareholders of the company. It's baked into the logo, the end with the bar over, which is the Roman numeral for 1 million. And if we're able to achieve that or come anywhere close to it, uh, the people that are getting in now, I mean, there's, there's, uh, there's, there's a potentially very strong financial upside. So it's, uh, uh, it's kind of cool like that. And I know you guys have the, the the online Facebook thing for the members. Uh, if you uh, if you invest, there's that thing, and you talked about getting the feedback from everything like that. Is there for people who might be listening, wondering, well, th- is it the more I invest, the more fee- in for uh, the more feedback I'm able to give, or the more involved I get in the company, or is it just simply a higher stake? It's a great question, and the answer is it's it's the latter, right? Legion M is a meritocracy. Everybody gets one vote. You know, we don't listen to our. investors more than our $100 investors. And in fact, you can join Legion M for free. In fact, if you go to our website right now, you can't even invest because we don't have a round open. Um, But, you know, our members have a say in it, uh, saying things as well. I mean, obviously, when you invest, there's, there's, there's a little bit of a different relationship. And there's some things and there's some decisions that we only put out to investors as opposed to the entire community. But really, the only difference when you invest more is that you own more of the company. And so you're, you're kind of putting more money on the table. And if we are successful, uh, you'll get a larger return. But, uh, but that's pretty much the extent of it. And if you are listening, kind of just want to join to see what it's, what it's about with no uh, financial commitment, legionm.com. You can click on the Join Today tab. It's right there on the top. You can also check out the... Uh, the information from the past movies we've talked about. You can see all about their community, uh, the member benefits, the investor info, and all that kind of stuff. With uh, Mandy coming out September 13th in theaters, when, uh, what do you guys expect? Well, I guess what I should say with you, what would you tell the audience to expect going into Mandy and buying tickets and seeing this? <laughs> 
Well, I thought it was hilarious that you played Barry Manilow's Mandy. That was uh, Joey. That's my executive producer Joey's uh, choice. That was fantastic. Well chosen, Joey. All I can say is the movie Mandy is about as far away from Barry Manilow as you can get. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, um, it's, uh, I, this is a movie that you come into without a lot of expectations. You know, I can tell you as a viewer, um, this isn't like a popcorn flick. It isn't like a, you know, like a, uh, necessarily like a lightweight fun night at the movie sort of movie. Like this is a deeply moving film. It's, it's, it's out there. Um, it's beautiful. It's amazingly shot. Uh, it's a movie that will challenge you. It'll move you. Um, and like I said, I mean, so far, the reception to it has been absolutely fantastic. So I think at the end of the day, if you go into it, if you're the sort of person that likes stuff that's a little bit off the beaten path and you go into it with uh, just an open mind, uh, I think that you're, you're going to get be blown away. Fantastic. Once again, legionm.com is the website for you to find out more. If you're going to go see uh, Mandy this weekend, I'm going to recommend you do it in the Marcus Theater, marcustheaters.com, to find the tickets for Mandy. Jeff Anderson, I want to thank you very much again for taking time to uh, be on air with us again. We look forward to seeing how the movie shakes out this weekend. Always a pleasure, James. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Anytime. Take care. There he goes, Jeff Anison of Legion M. LegionM.com. You can find out more about how you can get involved. No financial commitment uh, to be part of the community and then go from there when round four reservations hit. We are going to take our next break. We'll be right back talking with Robert Dubak about his new show coming to Westport Plaza, The Book of Moron. Right after this, stand by. Spins a web, any size, catches seeds, just like flies. Look out, here comes the Spider-Man. Is he strong? Listen, bud. He's got radioactive blood. Can he swing from a thread? Sort of Omens, come to my hand. I, Lion-O, command it. Hi, this is Larry Candy, the voice of Lion-O, and you're listening to geek to me Radio. We are back. Waiting for our next guest, Robert Dubeck, to call in. We'll be talking about the Book of Moron coming to the Westport Playhouse this weekend. If you are driving around in the St. Louis area, maybe you are looking for something to do, maybe you're looking for someplace to grab lunch, may I recommend Historic St. Charles? You can check out their website, not when you're driving around. Obviously, we don't want to cause accidents. DiscoverSTCharles.com is their website. There is a whole litany of restaurants, places you can grab a quick snack, uh, there's lots of things to see and do. Main Street along Historic St. Charles has a ton of attractions. If you're a history buff, if you like old architecture, if you just like unique shopping places, Historic Main Street in St. Charles has it all. Uh, just so many cool things to do. The events coming up, we are, as I mentioned in our last segment, approaching the fall season. Legends and Lanterns will be going on. It's a large Halloween festival. You can interact with living history characters like Lizzie Borden, Baron Samity, the Brothers Grimm, among others. Uh, it's a fun for the whole family. It's a huge event that goes on the last two weekends of October. You can get information about Legends and Lanterns at the website. Again, discoverstcharles.com. Uh, all sorts of things to see and do. We mentioned the food and drink down there. My goodness, there's so many places, and they're all unique. You can go to uh, get some Missouri wine at one place. You can stop in some place to get some uh, blackberry cobbler at like Magpie's. All sorts of places in between. If you're wanting a steak, hit up Lewis and Clark or Trailhead. Not a bad place to have a meal in the entire area. 
Check them out once again. DiscoverSTCharles.com is the website to start planning your trip now. We are joined on the phone by Robert Duback talking about his upcoming show, The Book of Moron, which uh, don't be confused because Google immediately tries to correct me to Book of Mormon when I I Google it. But that's not it. It's Book of Moron. Robert, thanks for joining us today. You're welcome. And I'm glad Google uh, is able to define us as the difference between Mormons and morons. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's very intuitive. It tries to always autocorrect things I'm uh, texting. And I'm like, no, I don't want that. This is what I want. But uh, yeah. Yeah, my show has got nothing to do with religion. It's all about stupidity, although the atheists will probably ask, what's the difference? <laughs> and see, I, I'll, I'll fit in well. If it's about stupidity, this will be one I can relate to. So tell us a little bit about the, the uh, again, to use a religious term, the genesis of Book of Moron. How did it all come about? Well, it really, um, I started it uh, about three or four years ago. Now, this is my return visit to St. Louis. I was there about a year and yeah. a half ago, uh, and I'm now coming back. Uh, the show's changed a little bit, but not much that we can keep things, because there's never a, uh, a deficiency of stupidity right. going on in, in the world <laughs> with all of us, you know, so it's, I mean, the biggest argument is that you, you never want to get in an argument with a stupid person because you'll lose, they've had more experience. Right. So <laughs> the uh, genesis for it was the fact that uh, we become so polarized, we become so idiotic with uh, kind of uh, almost like little terriers kind of chomping at the bit with our own little ideology that... Uh, we're not even uh, open to any different point of view. So I started uh, creating the show. As, well, what happens if everything was erased in your brain? Say you, uh, you, had a permit, you woke up with amnesia, and you had to start from scratch so that uh, you know, having a blank slate is kind of a good thing. Even though you don't have any information, you don't have any of the propaganda and the hype and the spin, so you can use your common sense and all your inner voices to help you uh, come up with a, a legitimate uh, cohesive argument on life basically so that's kind of how it how it started was uh well how do we if we had to start with a with a blank slate what would we come up with and you don't come up with big answers you maybe come up with uh little answers that help you get to the big answer but uh it's a question all the taboos that we have uh you know sex race religion politics and the media so uh there you have it it's a one big life lesson in 80 minutes uh that everybody can come in and you, you can turn off television, come to the show, and uh, get your answer to life. And with all this stuff, like you mentioned, uh, it, it almost seems like as a society, as a culture, I, I often cringe at the fact that are we getting stupider? Are we getting dumber? We're more, I'm not sure well, if it's a reliance on technology or an addiction to social media, but uh, what, in your view, is the cause of it all? Well, you know, our, I do believe we're getting dumber. Our average IQ has dropped to Q. Uh, we need to embrace other other options and other ideas. I think we've become, you know, with this this kind of microscopic way of, of tuning in on things and the bombardment of just ridiculous ideas has spread us so thin that we now can't really uh, decipher, you know, just how to... We can't even remember our passwords, for crying out loud, you know, because there's... there's thousands of, of websites that we have to have passwords for. So now we have to invent an app to give us our passwords when we want it. When, you know, the, that's a huge amount of energy and exercise going into something that was never there before. Right. So, I mean, it, uh, this is basically, the show is kind of saying, well, let's kind of get back to normal. And let's let's uh, downsize and see, you know, instead of believing that everything's important, you know, 
trust our instincts and trust our common sense that, okay, I know it's, I can figure out what's important to me. I don't have to be listening to, you know, uh, some uh, gas bag trying to tell me what's important. And so the Westport Playhouse is where this show will be uh, this weekend. That's right upstairs from the Funny Bone Comedy Club. If you're in the Westport area, it's very centrally located. When you're doing a tour with these shows, uh, you know, like you said, you're coming back to St. Louis. What makes you decide to come back to certain cities? Is it uh, the reception that you got the last time? Is it uh, geographically just the way your tour runs? How does that all happen? Um, well, it is a little bit of both. But, yeah, we, were, we practically sold out last time we were there, and we were there during a real low end of, uh, I mean, not a, not a great time for business. We were there between New Year's, uh, between Christmas and New Year's which is usually a time where people don't go out, but we had such a, a big response. Uh, and I think it's also a message that, or an idea that people really want to laugh about and have fun about. I mean, this kind of performance is not really stand-up comedy that you, that you will go into and just uh, set up joke, set up joke. This is kind of uh, an entire uh, program that's about a certain, uh, a certain idea, which is, you know, why don't we just think smarter? Why don't we, uh, you know, the problem I think with comedy has gotten to be that uh, smart comedy is less and less prevalent out there because you're not that it's not, you can't accomplish it, but just when you're in a comedy club, you're fighting with uh, waitresses, different acts, different, uh, you know, you're fighting for the attention span of people. So you can't really delve into a topic, whereas you get into the theater, you can so, and I think this is just something people are striving for. They're looking for something that's above the bar. And the reviews on your show have been very favorable. I know uh, you've been uh, nominated for Best Actor Ovation Awards and Best New Work for the Ovation Awards. Um, yes. were, were you surprised by the reception your show got initially when you launched it? Well, let's. Um, I, I wasn't surprised as from what my uh, intentions were. I was surprised at how immediate it was, and I think a lot of that has to do with our political climate, because I actually wrote the show before the last presidential elections. Um, and obviously, uh, a lot of us were surprised by those elections. Yeah. Um, and it also, the show turned out to be a salvo for uh, a lot of people on both sides of the fence, because, you know, it, it's, it's become, and the show's not really a political show, it's not about Republicans and Democrats. It's really about, you know, trying to open up and, you know, understanding what's going on around us uh, and how we got into this situation in the first place. So uh, it's uh, it got activated. The response uh, and the positive response was activated quicker mm-hmm. than uh, I had anticipated, uh, and which is a good thing because it doesn't matter if it's she's from uh, after St. Louis, I'm going to Huntsville, Alabama. Mm. And, you know, then I'm going up to Portland, Oregon. So, you know, those are three distinctly different (laughs) political ideologies, and everybody seems to be embracing the show. show, So it's basically a show that you can bring your inner moron to and all the inner morons you know. Just bring everybody, even your teenage morons. (laughs) And that's one of the things, people sometimes who are really stupid don't realize they're really stupid. So uh, that's one of the, where you've got to tread lightly sometimes as well. Yeah, you can. You can't call a a stupid person stupid, that's for sure. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Although most, most smart people will admit that they're stupid, whereas a stupid person will never admit they're stupid. Right, right. And so with the, uh, like you said, we, I never cover politics on my show at all because I'm going to upset somebody regardless of what I say, and I'm, there are people who do it much better than I do. But uh, you found that keeping the show more or less apolitical, uh, like you said, has worked in Huntsville, Alabama, as well as it has in Portland, Oregon. I think that's a testament to, I guess, the, the style of the show, yeah? 
Yeah, it is. I mean, look, there's there's going to be some, uh, you know, fracas, but it's pretty even-handed. I mean, you know, if, if I'm going to make a, a, a joke about somebody's ideology in one in one aspect, you know, three or four minutes later, I'm going to come back and, you know, nail them on the other side. So it's, I'm not saying that I'm avoiding it at all, but I'm trying to be as even-tempered and even-handed as possible. And that's also very rare these days to hear uh, an even hand when it comes to politics. So thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you can get the tickets at metrotix.com uh, for the Book of Moron. Moron. I almost did it myself. See, I don't even need Google yeah. to autocorrect me. Book of Moron. Robert Dubeck, thanks very much for being on air with us this you Sunday. Know, and James, if you tell everyone that they use the code word PLAZA, P-L-A-Z-A, um, we'll give all your listeners two-for-one tickets, 50% off. Fantastic. There you go, 50% right off. Right now. <laughs> go to the website. Use the word PLAZA. Robert Dubeck, thank you so much for your time today. There he goes. We're going to come right back, wrapping things up on the show here at geek me Radio. Stand by. This is Alan Oppenheimer, the voice of Skeletor, and you're listening to Geek to Me. And we're back. Once again, thanks to my guests, Jeff Anison of Legion M. Go to legionm.com and check that out. And Robert Duback from Book of Moron, which will be at Westport Playhouse. Go to metrotix.com. And as he mentioned, make sure to type in the coupon code PLAZA. P-L-A-Z-A to take 50% off of those tickets. A lot to do in St. Louis this weekend. If you're going to check out that show at Westport or if you want to go see a movie, Mandy, as we mentioned, with Nicolas Cage, comes out on September 13th. Uh, Going to see movies, uh, we got to preview The Nun this past week. Had a great time uh, with uh, Allied brought faceless nuns to the <laughs> to the screening so we could all get our picture taken i'll have those posted on facebook a little bit later on today uh, me surrounded by the creepy nuns um, but i was looking forward to this movie the conjuring universe has been really very good they've had a couple of misses i didn't really care for the first annabelle movie uh the second one annabelle creation was great and we have the nun which obviously this uh entity First appeared in the second Conjuring. What uh, was very excited to get a actual movie about her origins. It was for the most part pretty good. I think I gave it a seven out of ten. But uh, th- there were a couple of the bits of the dialogue just eh, were kind of like okay, well th- we don't need those comedic little one-liners because those didn't show up. I can't remember in any of the other Conjuring films, so I thought it felt a little out of place uh, in this one. And the character who was delivering them, Frenchie. Uh, played by Jonas Bluquet, I believe I pronounced that correctly. Jonas Bluquet uh, caused his character to lose some of its gravitas just simply because those lines were like, "Okay, we we didn't need that. That was that was pointless. That little line just for tension breaker, which it really didn't break tension as far as it kind of took me out of the film a little bit. Uh, I'm a fan of the horror genre. I love The Conjuring. Probably the original Conjuring is probably the scariest movie I've seen in the past decade. I know, Joey, we were talking, you hadn't seen The Nun, but you've seen some of the other installments in this universe, yeah? Yeah, I've seen both Conjurings, but missed the Annabelles. I'm one who does watch the Rotten Tomatoes scores, and they just weren't adding up, really, for the Annabelle. And this Nun isn't looking too good either, but with Bloomhouse and how much they spend on their movies, I think they use gum and paper clips usually. So <laughs> I think they'll make a profit no matter what. Probably so. And I, like I said, this, the setting was great. I loved it. Uh, 
Although now you're you're you go see horror movies. You're not uh, you don't dislike the horror genre, right? Huge fan. I loved when we saw a Quiet Place go. That's that was right. a, a wonderful date we had. And I think the setting it was you know in kind of an outlandish or, uh, or I should say outlying area of Romania in this huge monastery. I kind of am more scared by the ones that take place in your home because mm. it feels more real. Does that, does that make any sense? Or does yeah, that, you feel the same way at all? Yeah, last time you snuck into my house and I was sleeping. It was, it was terrifying. I apologize. That's the last time I will do Pepto, Bismo, and Mentos. It just it hit my brain wrong. Ambient, I'm sorry. you know. Yeah. It was, it's fun. <laughs> but no, I always, being, uh, I always think that's one of the things, The Conjuring. It was in that farmhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amityville Horror is another uh, kind of, I guess, tangential relation to The Conjuring series because it follows the uh, Newmans um, who were not Newmans. That's not right. Is it? Newman. Yeah, that's I'm thinking. See, I saw it starts with a W or something, but yeah, the Warrens. Warrens, that's it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Who it follows their story through the Conjuring, the real life investigative team. Um, but yeah, those, those are always a little more creepy. And Annabelle Creation had that too because it's set at this larger house, but it's out in the country, and it's kind of like, oh, if I go under the stairs, there's this creepy doll's going to come flying out of the woodwork at me. So that's why I don't want to go under the stairs, and that's why people are afraid of basements and everything. But in a large monastery, it was a great setting. Visually, it was beautifully stunning, but uh, I think that may have been part of the problem for me. Just that and the dialogue just didn't quite resonate as well. Had some great visual stuff, uh, a lot of jump scares, uh, and some that were just kind of like, why are you doing that? You're being stupid. Don't follow the nun who you just buried deeper into the cemetery. Why are you doing that? But, uh, yeah. yeah, it was overall pretty good. I'm looking at box office mojo right now. Production budget about $22 million, and then estimated total is $53 million for the profits right now. So they're now. good. I think, yeah, there's going to be a bunch. Is there no more, none more nuns? No, I think there's going to be a sequel to The Nun. Is there? There's the got to be. I mean, with, with money like that coming in, that's double their budget right there. That's one of the things they say with horror movies is they usually, it's, it's a good investment because they make their money back. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think uh, there's, I have to ask Max about horror movies that have not recouped their money, if there was such a thing. And they had a fun marketing campaign that caused controversy. They were scaring people on purpose on YouTube with their pre-roll ads. Mm-hmm. Like, kids were getting scared to death and crying because they had, you know, these jump scares built into their ads that caused a controversy. They got taken down, but the news story got perpetrated in, in, the, in the news cycle. So it, word of mouth was that this is a movie that will make you cry, I guess, if you're a that's, little kid. And you, that's why you shouldn't let your little kids go down the Internet. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Keep them off YouTube. Exactly. YouTube's not a place for children. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it was overall I gave it a 7 out of 10. If you're uh, looking for a new movie to see, I think The Nun might be a good bet if you're a uh, horror movie fan, as Joey and I are. And if you're wanting to uh, start, I guess we're getting into that season. We're going to have Brett Hoffman from Marcus Theatres Join us here in the coming weeks to talk about the slew of fall movies. Uh, my thanks again to that sponsor, Marcus Theaters, for having uh, been with us now for this entire year. And uh, again, obviously, to City of St. Charles for being with us. If you want to combine the two, go to see the St. Charles Marcus Theater. That way you're supporting two of my sponsors, and that'd be great. We'll be back next week. We had a great interview with Richard Dinnick all about the Doctor Who Titan comic series and what to expect from the 13th Doctor. We'll play that for you and more next week. So until then, my friends. It's not in the way you watch I sound be. It's not in the way you watch the flash. It's not in the way you love Scotty Young Arts. It's not in the
Thank you, Hollywood. Good night.